You will you will do such things as we are now live. Live. We are indeed live. Well, here's the thing. We're as as always, we're extremely prepared. As I'm pulling up these emails that you just suggested I look at. Well, that would be yeah, that's good. That's kind of like part of what the show is. Your nice. mic's hot, dude. How about now? How about now? Yeah, How about good. now? How about now? You're good now. Okay, there we go. You're good. You've been here four hours. Well, it's like if if you know Mike got in here at a reasonable time to check everything. Oh yeah, be... of course. If I got in at a reasonable time, meanwhile Nick blipped up and it was going three, two, one. You should go live now. As it happened. Listen, I made it though. Look, seven like people we... are here. The, the, shut up. Seven people are here, and you know what that means. What does that mean? It means we could do the freaking intro. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts. And the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that. Opinions. They are not truths, they are not fallacies, and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show. Welcome back to Cover hey. to Covered. Yeah, hey, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. I Once think we, again. I think we've talked about this before, but I'm going to bring it up again. Why sure. is my name so much smaller than yours? You know, and I meant to fix that and make it even smaller. What kind of shit is this? You know, this wasn't uh, in my contract. I didn't know you had a contract. I, clearly, I need one. Uh, yeah, for what? Size of name? Yes. Okay, listen, you're the one with the store, buddy. That's true. By the way, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. <laughs> and where are you located? Five Mile and Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media platforms. And what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I didn't eat breakfast. Oh, it's the most important meal of the day. Yeah, right. it, it's always. It, yeah, whatever. Anyway, we have seven people here, which is a good way to get started. Of course, we'll work our way up to less than seven. So um, <laughs> it should be less than seven right about now. Yeah. And goodbye. Oh, it went up. It no went way. up to eight. It went oh. up to eight just oh, now. No. So, yeah. Right. Like, who knew that we were you know, the massive drawing power of, of this show at this point yes. on, yes. A, on, a, on a Wednesday as summer starts to come to a close. Thank God. Why? Because forget summer. No, I like summer. No, you don't. don't. Isn't it like 1,700 where you are? 1,700. So it's 811 <laughs> T degrees. It's just actual <laughs> boiling fucking lava where you are. Yeah, my, my, my ball sack uh, creates its own milk. Um, 
Anyway, I don't know what that meant, and I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was really awful. Um, anyway, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about your favorite concerts, and a bunch of you responded, uh, sending in emails. Thank you so much for doing that. We're going to read those off live on the air. Hopefully, everybody's watching because they want to hear themselves be called out. <laughs> we're not going to give out last names. We'll just give out first names and last initial and where you're from, and then this way people can't stalk you on Facebook or steal your social security number or anything like that. But I also have my three favorite concerts. I'm sure Nick has his three favorite concerts. We did top three. Well, that's what I asked everybody else for. Oh, okay. I made a whole giant list, but I could, I could narrow it down to the top three. Yeah. It's, but you know what I want you to do while you're doing that? Think about like the worst concert you ever went to, like something that you were just like, why am I here? That might've been the one I was at last week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even want to know until no, you say it. Yeah, you do want to know because I think this is somebody you're a fan of, and I couldn't believe how horrible it was. But we'll get to it. We'll get to we'll that get later. To it. Well, yes. great. Well, in the meantime, Nick has his store, and, and Nick's store sells, uh, among other things, vinyl. And uh, as we usually try to do at the beginning of the top of the beginning of the top of the show, we figure out what we're listening to, and then we'll see what's coming out this week. So, Nick, what have you been listening to that was not a horrible band playing last week? <laughs> okay. Well, you got me uh, going on uh, Van Halen Fair Warning with your, your amp uh, Dude. comparison. When, yeah. I heard, when I heard Unchained kick off both, both, uh, both of your samples, I was like, well, I need to go ahead and put this on on the way home. <laughs> so I was like, so I've, I've been playing Fair Warning a bunch, and then... Uh, it's the almost the one year birthday of one of my favorite albums of all time, and Mike now one of yours, at least one of your favorites to to uh, to rag on, and that's uh, Butch Walker as Glenn turns one this weekend. Bob Williams as Fred turns one. Bob that's Williams awesome. in, uh, as Fred turns turns. And one by the this way, weekend. I don't bust on it. I actually like it. It's just fun to just butcher the name. Bob Williams is for for. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, Mike sent me uh, Butch Walker is also a giant producer, and uh, he had a uh, a quote about a what was it a microphone I think yeah it was a microphone yeah and and, and it was like you know Butch Butch Walker says you know about about this microphone and Mike sent it to me and he crossed out Butch (laughs) Walker and poorly wrote Bob Williams underneath (laughs) it so uh, that's coming up on its one year birthday and then here's my bomb dropping game changer album that i've been spinning because i put it on as a joke just based on the album cover and the fucking record kills okay and don't knock it until you hear it because the bass playing is absolutely insane the record is from 1975 and it's by jermaine jackson and it's called my name is jermaine killer front to back funk heavy heavy funk rock there's a there's of course a couple ballads on there that record rules <laughs> mike's just mad because there's no uh distortion on it i'm mad because of what there's no distortion on it no it's just i, I don't know i've never heard it i just lost all respect for you put the album cover up on I'm the screen kidding. right now i want no. you to put the album cover on the screen the album cover. what do you got you burning something that you soldering jesus with the smoking uh i don't know if i could i don't think i could do that oh i'm sorry god but damn it 
I'll just all right. Wait, what is it called? My name is Jermaine. Yes, my name is Jermaine. You can probably find this in your your uh, your local dollar. Oh bin. my! Right, wow. you need to put that album cover on the screen. Well, I don't know how to do that exactly, but uh, wow, wow! But he does have an Olympic base. He does, and he fucking throws it down on that album. I was, I my mind was blown. I was like, I was like, looking it up. Throws it down like. No, I'm like, I'm looking like there's no way this is actually Jermaine Jackson playing bass on this. And he, and it was him. <laughs> See, even, even Patrick Middlestat like my soldering comment. Yeah, that was, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and as Gall McCartney says, turns out I wasn't done with Jermaine. One of my favorite well, comedic quotes ever. Chris Rock. I thought I was go. done with Jermaine. I thought I was done with Jermaine. <laughs> Ah, well, that's cool. I'm glad you got back on the uh, on the on the Mean Streets uh, uh, bandwagon. And uh, I guess I will have to hear the the power of funk that is Jermaine Jackson. Uh, and I'm sure it'll sound great through the new system. Yes, I just I'll have to do a review of this thing next time. Um, I didn't need you sending me that because Sorry. because i'm already i as you know i'm already committed to something else and the last thing i needed was to hear that and how good did it sound it sounded great especially for it being fresh out of the box i mean no tubes the, the tubes aren't burned in yet and not at all so uh i purchased uh as there was a reason why i got it uh and it was poor timing because my radiator blew up last week too so <laughs> As always, well, put me in a very bad spot financially there for a minute. Uh, but then I sold some gear I'm not using, and well, that that took care of a bunch of it. But looks like you sold one of those uh dimes. No, I didn't. I, you that's didn't? in the bedroom. Oh, okay. I just move things around sometimes. I see. Keep uh, it interesting. Yep, yeah, of course. Uh, for nobody because nobody comes and says hi. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I got this new amplifier for my stereo system for my for the vinyl portion of my stereo system my two channel stereo system i have the surround the the atmos system here and then i have over here i have the two channel system um because you need both and because i had too many speakers and i needed to do something with them so anyway i created a turntable station which is now turning into like an a discrete audio listening station because i got a, a tube integrated amplifier and it's amazing the difference between going from solids now look i'm a guitar player and you know about it you're a drummer so i'll speak slower but <laughs> regardless of that you know what you know what, what? tubes do for what an do they amp, do right one, it makes two, them three, warmer four. one two three, very good four. very good i'm proud of you uh and i'm surprised you'd do that i thought you only played waltzes um <laughs> those are harder I, I thought you can only count to three, though. Um, anyway, what tube what tubes do for sound? It 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 uh, from a thirty thousand foot view, it warms it up, right? It warms it up. It projects things in a very different way. If you're a guitar player and you listen to a tube amplifier, and then you listen to a solid state amplifier with the same guitar going through the same cabinet, it's a wildly different sound overall. Tube wattage versus solid state wattage also is very, very different because they project in very different ways and they generate the power in very different ways. So this is a 45 watt tube amp. I went from a 75 watt solid state. And this is per channel. Uh, I went from a 75 watt solid state. This thing is louder. Or at least it's it appears that way. It's 
punchier. It sounds warm. It's incredible. And the tubes that are in there look like, you know, something Thomas Edison created back in the early 1900s. Um, they're KT-88 tubes. And if you know about guitar amps, you know that those are freaking huge. Yes. Isn't that they're, Zach Wilde's preference is the yeah. KT-88s? Yeah. They're, they're basically Coke bottles shoved into an amp with filaments. Um, so anyway, that's changed the way I listen to everything now. And so what have I been listening to? Obviously, the first thing I put on was Mean Streets unchained specifically because that's what i did when i fair warning not mean streets i'm not mean sorry fair warning um geez why do i keep calling it mean streets because the first song on the album yes uh great movie too yes it is uh so put on unchained side two first song uh because that's what i had done if anybody remembers from our last episode i did that that box of shit that i got because it's shit audio that's actually the name of it uh and i did the comparison with unchained so i said okay well that being sort of the barometer of what we're looking at then i put on unchained and it was like wow it's it's even better and so i said okay well you know let me nick's like what else are you listening to i'm like ah i I guess i got to put on the the high res stuff right so i pulled out can't buy a thrill the uhqr version and i put that on and wow I mean, I, I thought it sounded great before when I didn't have a pre. And now it's a whole the pre world right? and a whole other amp. It's like I'm listening to two different albums. It, it's incredible. Get what you pay for, folks. Yep, you do. And in this case, actually, I got more than what I paid for because you don't find something like this at that price most anywhere. If anybody wants to do any research, it's called the Wilsonton R8. W-I-L-L-S-E-N-T-O-N-R-8. And uh, you can get it through Amazon for about $14.50. Uh, but they're running a, there's a 5% off coupon right now. Um, but this is also point-to-point hand-wired, which hand-wired amps don't go for $1,400. No. Um, now, it's from China. Okay. The company's from China. Fine. This thing is built like a tank. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is built like an absolute tank. And I will say this much. Comparable amps made in China, hand-wired, go for about four grand. At least. So this is a winner in every sense of the word from either a budget perspective or if you watch the reviews on YouTube... It's great. I'll I'll put something together for next episode that we do so you can kind of, you know, I'll give you an overview of it uh, because I just think it's that good. It, it just it I was really, really impressed and it was like 2 hours after you got it. So like it's yeah. only going to get better. And it did. <laughs> it did. Like the next day it started like, you know, I put on see tubes whether it be for a guitar or an audio amplifier or what have you, it takes time to burn in. Right? Just like uh just like your needle on a record sometimes takes time to, to break in before speakers take time to break in. Yep. Uh, all of this takes time to break in talk about breaking in guitar strings. Like everything takes time to kind of settle in when it comes to an audio aspect. And that's because, you know, speakers have cones that need to flex and that needs to start breaking in and get more of that flexibility to realize its full potential. Acoustic guitars, the top of the guitar needs to flex more and those wood fibers needs to break in to reach its maximum potential. Same thing with tubes. First, you know, eight to 10 hours are eh. 
and then it starts to get better. And then after you hit about 100 hours, it's like, whoa, this is great. So and then you can go with different tubes and get different sounds. And that's the other part of it. You can go down a rabbit hole with this. Uh, but yeah, even after listening to it after like five minutes was great. Two hours got better. The next day it was great. Now it's really starting to hit its stride, I think, because I've been listening to it a lot uh, for obvious reasons. Yes. Because <laughs> it sounds damn good. But anyway, so that's what I've been listening to is my entire collection. <laughs> Nice. That's pretty much how it's going. Next up is a new DAC, but we'll, we'll we'll see about that. Here we go. Piece piece by piece. Well, you know, I mean, I I, I still have my Denon receiver, which has Wi-Fi built in, and it does do streaming high-res audio. But the more I read about high-res audio, we should do an episode on it because it's really funky and hard to understand what you need to do in order to experience it. It's not oh. as simple as just taking your iPhone and putting in earbuds when it says lossless audio. No, you, you can't get lossless audio via Bluetooth. It doesn't exist. So what that do you I need? Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't, you can't do, you can't do above a certain, you can't get high res audio through Bluetooth. It will not transmit through Bluetooth. Uh, it's funny because Apple does lossless audio, but none of the Apple products are able to use it. Yeah, right. Well, the, well, the, my Apple TV 4K streams it, and it my uh, system recognizes it as Atmos. But it's hardwired. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, yeah, yeah, not Bluetooth. You're right. Exactly. So if it's hardwired in, you need to hardwire it in. Now, here's a funny thing. In order to make that happen, you need to have a digital, digital a DAC, a digital analog converter, right? The little dongle that comes with the with the iPhone, that 3.5 millimeter dongle that converts like standard, you know, eighth inch plug to lightning, that actually has a DAC in it. Wow. <laughs> so if you use that with your headphones, you can experience lossless audio, but you can't do it. You can't transmit it over Bluetooth. So the more go. the more, you know, I think we've I think we've safely bored everyone at this point yeah i know well this, this was a me and you stuff. conversation more than this, this is was nerdy a cover stuff to... though i mean we have people that 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 are interested i hope they're interested in some of this or maybe i'm just assuming but uh you know we got we got people that that like listening to good music but the thing is that's going to be the the whole wave of the future is things like title uh you know you're going to hear terms like mqa as like you know that's the new MP3, and like MP3 does 320k bits, and MQA does 9,300 and something k bits, or whatever it is. It it's Master insane. Like quality the, audio. Yep, MQA. There you go. And the thing is, you know, you just what I don't want is people to be like, yeah, I got titles, so I'm hearing it. You're not. <laughs> you got to right. make sure you have the right equipment to do it. That's when your equipment matters. You and I have always talked about how. You know, for you for it to get good sound, your equipment kind of doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be over the top. You can get really good sounding stuff at a budget price. But when it comes to things like that, you need to have more equipment to make that happen. So that's and it's very confusing. Very, very confusing. So anyway, um, next up. What's coming out this week? 
Uh, a couple things that uh, I think people will be excited about. The first thing I'm going to start with, Joe Strummer, live at Action Town Hall. Uh, this is the final London show of Joe Strummer's career, one of his final shows in general. Uh, he passed away about a month after this was recorded. Uh, but this show is kind of known for, it's. this is the closest thing they ever got to a Clash reunion because uh, him and Mick Jones play on stage together for the last three songs which are, oh, of course, wow. Clash songs. So um, this did come out uh, around the time or just after his passing, uh, but it's been remastered, supposedly uh, using a better audio source. Um, and I know people are very excited about that. So that's a two LP set that's coming out this week. Um, there's also a new series from Rhino called the Now Playing series. And what it is, it's basically like affordable greatest hits comps. Um, and they're, they're going to continue to do this, but they're kicking it off with quite an, quite a eclectic selection. Uh, the first titles in the series are Notorious B.I.G., Alanis Morissette, Todd Rudgren, and Dokken. Wow. I'm not sure how Dokken made the cut on the first go around, but they did. No, uh, <laughs> I don't either. And that's just bizarre, but okay. <laughs> oh, uh, Rat is also getting one as well. I'm sorry. I skipped over Rat. Okay. Well, that now Dokken makes a little more sense. <laughs> a little. A little. Um, and then finally, uh, being released this Friday, Alice Cooper Road, the brand new al album from Alice. Uh, this hey, is I have a question about that. Are you going to? I ask? understand he's go. going to be at your store. Can you no, still get wait, tickets? Wait. You've already gone too far, Mike. You're supposed to say. No, so no, 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 no. Is he really going to be there? Wait. All right. So is Alice Cooper really going to be at your store? Yes, he is. Can Can I still get tickets? Nope. Sold out. So am What's I going to get if, if I have <laughs> if I have my ticket? Will I get my copy of Road? You will. Great. Can I get a picture with him? No. Why not? Because you can't. Well, say me and somebody else who has a ticket want to, are, are going, and we happen to be going together, but not at the same time up to see Alice, and that person takes a picture of me with Alice. Can I, have, can I take that picture? I've had this exact thing asked to me in the last 48 hours. So, like, if I'm behind somebody, can I take their picture and then the person? It's like it's no pictures. No photos means no photos. So when you say a picture, do you mean photography where there's pixels involved or can I use film? Can I bring uh, one of those courtroom people to draw my picture meeting? Yes. Alice? Can I have the the, the rendition expert uh, from the local Detroit uh, police department who draws perps for a living draw a picture of me and Alice's perps? Yeah. No. Yeah, that you can do. There we go. Um, Jerry so, like Jerry like has the best solution. Just take people's phones away. Yep. Yep. Somehow uh, they'll you know somebody's going to have an SLR. Yep, exactly. Well, I'm going to take pictures while I'm online. Yep. Yep, it's all that. Um, but anyways, the new album, Road, <laughs> coming out from Alice Cooper this week. Uh, multiple variants, black vinyl, red vinyl, orange marbled vinyl, and blue marbled vinyl, which is available wow. exclusively from uh, independent music stores like mine. Uh, it's, of course, a CD, and all of these come with either a DVD or Blu-ray of Alice Cooper Live at Hellfest 2022. Nice. Yep. And uh, for those that are holding out for Alice tickets at 
for the Rock City event, there may be some. We're trying to uh, open a little bit more up. So if you aren't on the wait list yet, please visit our website, put your name on the wait list, and if tickets become available, you will be notified. And what, what website is that? RockCityMusicCo.com. And just Great. click on the picture of Alice Cooper. By the way, any of you that are new here, speaking of clicking things, click down below here and subscribe to this channel here on YouTube, on the YouTubes. Please, we prefer you join us on the YouTubes because it's far less constrictive than that other thing that rhymes with Acebook. Um, so anyway, rhymes subscribe. With. Yeah, it rhymes with. Uh, hit, you know, click like, click subscribe, and click the bell to, so that you know when we're going live. And then eventually, ah, see, now Stephanie is super smart. She's super smart like that. It's already done. We thank you for that. Um, and then when, you know, when we, we go live, you'll know. And then we're going to start a Patreon and we're going to have things eventually. All right. Yeah, I don't know when. I'm just throwing that out there because it sounds cool because everybody has a Patreon. Like, yeah, yeah I cool. I don't even know what that is. I know it's it, like a subs subscription-based Thing, yeah, right? dude, we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll come up with something where for your dollar a month, Nick will take a picture of his you know. Oh, I'll bits. take a picture with Alice Cooper. Actually, we're gonna yes. <laughs> Here's the thing: I think we should start an OnlyFans, not a Patreon, and we do this in the nude. We do the shows <laughs> in the nude, but nobody sees us below our nipples. I was gonna say I don't think we're gonna have many subscribers, Mike. No, not at all, not at all. In fact. Well, people could pay more as we do the show for us to clothe ourselves. The more you pay, the more we get dressed. There we go. Sounds like I'm a plan. About. Sounds like All a right. plan. All right. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So, uh, what else was that? All was that three? That was three. That right? was three. Yep. Awesome sauce. Oh, and I need to add one more thing though. Yeah. If you pick up a, a copy of any of the variants of Alice Cooper Road from Rock City uh, this Friday on release day, uh, you obviously can bring it back for the signing. So that's Great. one way to get a ticket if you were shut out of tickets. There you go. Um, now, if I have a ticket to go see Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie the next day, does that am I allowed to go to this? <laughs> Well, you're allowed to go to it, but you need to buy an, an, an additional ticket what for a this chip. event. This what is a bullshit. Chip. This is so wrong. I bought tickets for one show, and now you're saying I need to buy tickets for another event? <laughs> I've already bought a ticket for a show. <laughs> hey, what about, hey, I bought a ticket. Can I bring three people with me? Yeah, there you go. My son is 18 months. Can he sit on my lap? Well, all right. Yeah. Right. You know, I guess I guess that's okay. You can do that. <sighs> well, let's speaking move of, on. Yeah, let's move on. It's just a. <laughs> I mean, I know that we're beating this horse dead, but it's just too funny. <laughs> no pictures, but can I take a picture? Yes. Like no. <laughs> no there's no photos no. permitted with Alice. Can we take photos from the line? You can take pictures outside before you come in and then outside again after you leave. But <laughs> right. none while you're in there or with Alice. Mike, you want to fly in to help us with this one? No, because I just get angry and throw everybody out. And you would just get into a world of hurt. Well, see, you see just, now you see how I feel. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I could leave. Uh, right. See, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You also don't have a calm demeanor. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so both things are going to happen. It's going to be like you're there. Yeah. So you don't need me there. Look, Mark Garney's going to come and he's going to he's going to have a picture taken. Mark very nicely sent an email asking a, 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 a legitimate question for the event. And even though the answer was no, he was still grateful. Because, you know, Mark is a good guy and he understands when people are trying to be uh, helpful. Yes. And he also knows when not to go off the rails and keep asking, can I get a picture 80,000 times? Right. So. I, I will say that Mark did ask if he could get a picture. <laughs> But he put ha 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 after it. So oh, okay. It so that, yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. All right. So today's topic, today's topic, we're talking about concerts and, uh, you know, just because concerts are awesome. A lot of people are seeing a lot of shows this year. It's shows are in the news like every week, it seems, especially because of Taylor Swift, who's now grossed like over a billion dollars with her tour. Like, she's actually responsible for a percentage of the gross national product of the U.S. this year, which is crazy. It is. A measurable amount. So, with that said, Nick and I wanted to put it out to everybody here and, and make it a little bit more interactive. We wanted to do something like this for a while and see what some of your favorite concerts are. So, before we go through that, though, Nick, I want to ask you, like, what do you think makes for a good concert? Like, what? Do, give me three things that you look for when you go to a show, what are the three things that you just want to come away with after you leave? Okay. Uh, quality sound, mm -hmm. um, an impressive uh, stage show, and energy. So that third one is a little bit harder to define, though, right? Yes, yes. So how is that? And what do you mean by energy? What are the different things that could go into that i mean i know it could be the 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 energy they're putting out on stage right uh energy of the crowd symbiotic energy between but like what what, what do you feel yeah the, i i would say it's the energy the, what i'm more referring to is the energy exchange between the band and the crowd yeah is is more what what i get excited about and of course depending on who you're seeing there's always energy from the crowd usually you know if the show's good but there's different levels of it like when you see yeah. paul mccartney that energy coming from the audience isn't the same as the energy you get when you see slayer but there's still <laughs> there's still energy going back and forth between the crowd and the band yeah, you don't see a mosh pit during you know maybe i'm amazed all too you often don't. <laughs> you don't and you don't and you don't see slayer do uh lady madonna either thank god <laughs> i don't even know if i want to see paul mccartney do lady madonna um <laughs> Actually, no, song selection is a good one too. Yeah, song selection is big. All of that makes makes for a good show. And uh, I mean, this is good. What would make a bad show? A Paul Stanley rap. It's flu season. <laughs> you better call Doctor Love. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. I don't know if I, I know. told you. It was fucking oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah. It's flu season. And I looked at I looked at Goldfish and I'm like, did this motherfucker just say it's flu season? I'm like, I can't, I gotta be hearing shit. Paul, uh, this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. Paul, I, I would like to think that it's still summertime, and we're more involved with dealing with different variants of COVID. And if you're wearing the Kiss mask with the S in mask stylized like our other S's. Uh, and you can get the masks 
for $19.99, kissonline.com. Uh, if you wear the mask, the flu, it's, we, we have a song called Shoe Flu. Shoe away, flu. We don't play it too often. It's a B-side. It was originally on, on it was a B-side of Firehouse. Here's here's the thing though you're doing Gene off stage because Gene on stage when Paul says anything stupid just goes oh yeah I I can't go oh yeah all night because he says do stupid stuff on stage all the time yeah, I that's can't all wait Gene says oh yeah yeah I want to say I can't wait for November third I'm gonna see Gene say stupid things all night long it's gonna be amazing where are you seeing him at the Hollywood Bowl oh man yeah. The, Two days before my birthday. I kind of want to join for that. This is high stupidity. I don't have anybody to go with yet, so if you want to come. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're, you're right around the corner. Yeah, just uh, you drop everything you're doing and fly out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of that, um, you know, and, and the things that make for bad concerts. Like, what do you think makes for a bad concert? I'm obviously playing poorly. Poor performance. Yeah, poor performance is, it would be number one poor sound, but that's not always on the band, and that's not always on the sound guy either. Sometimes it's just a venue where it sucks, Yep, especially outdoor venues. Uh, what about uh, what can really ruin it is uh, the people around you or the crowd, yeah. the, a, oh, yeah. a, a non-committed crowd. Either that or they're so committed to their cell phone. Yes. Um Everybody around you is like, you're watching the show through their cell phone in front of you because yeah. that's all they want to do is film it, which we went over this last week or last, last show. And we're like, yeah, you're going to watch this once. Yep. Maybe. Yep. So put down the phone. Live in the moment. Absolutely. Uh, let me take this down. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so the, there's lots of things that make for a show. There's lots of things that break a show. But we want to kind of talk about the things that made us happy at shows and, like, why these shows were important. So uh, how about you, Nick, give me your, in your top three, give me your number three. Okay, my number three would be, I think you're going to be happy this is coming in at number three. No, actually, I'm going to put something else, number three. Uh, Paul McCartney, as I mentioned, uh, I saw Paul McCartney at Comerica Park, which is where the Tigers play, in 2011. First time I got to see Paul. Um, he played for over three hours, all sorts of, of stuff from, obviously, his solo career, Beatles, Wings, all of that, uh, including some deep-cut stuff. And it was my first experience of, like, a big stadium show or an outdoor stadium show like that i had been to amphitheaters and arenas and stuff but there is a different level of vibe and energy in a in a big stadium like that so um and just being in the same room as paul mccartney or the same arena as paul mccartney like i don't know i, I just think it's we sh we all should be so grateful that we're able to have that experience that you can yeah. go and see paul mccartney like and i i think it's something everybody should do and if you haven't done it you should do it um because those songs are just i mean they're just fucking magical you know and uh when you're with 40,000 other people that are singing along to those songs you realize how powerful they are um so that would be my my third favorite ever my third favorite ever and this is going to sound really odd uh coming from me 
but I think I've I think I brought this up on the show before. Rod Stewart live at the whiskey. Wow. What Rogers, year was that? Roger's digging into his pillow. Uh, that was 1998. And it was interesting because he played. Uh, that was when um, the album with cigarettes and alcohol came out. Um, I forget the name of it. It was like a blue background. Uh, he's on the cover, obviously. I forget exactly what it's called. But um, he did a promotion called Rod Stewart Does the Strip. And that was his third show of the night. He did a show in the Tower Records parking lot. All right. And I lived around the corner, so I got to hear that whole show. Then he went up to the Rainbow and he played a full set. And then he went down to the Whiskey and played a full set all on the same night. Wow. And uh, yeah, and he killed it. it. Even though the third show was his last show, he killed it. Absolutely killed it. And it was great being like, Eight feet away from Rod Stewart as he's belting out hot, you know, hot legs like crazy. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was fantastic just to have that energy. And it was like a you know radio event, so like the place wasn't overly packed with people. Yeah, you know, there was like only these winners and only these people can come in. It was really, really cool. So that was my number three. That's amazing. I would have yeah, loved to cool. have seen that. Uh, number two for me would be of course bruce springsteen pittsburgh 2016 pittsburgh 2016 it's everything it was everything you hear of that lore of bruce of like these these crazy long shows and not knowing what's going to happen next this was this was my best experience of that like bruce played so many songs where he just grabbed the signs out of the audience and called them off on the spot and played them it was on september 11th so he played a lot of stuff from the rising that you don't hear all the time um i never hear anything off the rising <laughs> and then Cause, uh, cause i never listen to it i know you don't <laughs> and uh he played for he played for three hours and 52 minutes which is something when you're you know 67 years old um at the time now he's like 74 and he's still doing three hours but um yeah it was fantastic my number bruce takes a live dump (laughs) okay Uh, there's no context around that one it's sort of funny just because dump is in there uh but okay uh, my number two is it was sort of like I don't know it it was very emotional, which is why I guess I, I make it my number two. Like if anything can move you, if an event can move you, uh, I think that says a lot. Now this one happened to be for a sad occasion. It was the uh, the Taylor uh, Taylor Hawkins Memorial Concert uh, last September at uh, at the uh, LA Forum. Forum. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine was nice enough to take me, and uh, it was it was it was heavy. <laughs> yeah, you know the whole night was heavy. I mean, and it went forever. Like it started at six. We didn't leave till one. Wow, it went. That's for getting seven your money's hours. worth there. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, and just seeing all these acts that you'll probably never see again all in one night and just making it pretty seamless 
and and the jams that they did and the songs that they played and and just the emotion uh, of the entire evening and then Brian May coming out and doing Love of My Life was ridiculous. Uh you talk about real heavy emotion. I don't think there was yeah. a dry eye in the house by the end of that. So um but yeah, I mean everybody performed great. Uh, Joe Wall sounded drunk as always, even though he wasn't, uh, which made it all the better because that was, you know, peak Joe Walsh. So, yes. uh, but yeah, that, that's my number two. Yeah. I wish I could have seen that. Uh, number one for me, uh, regardless what you think of him as a person, best show I've ever seen visually sound, uh, set list, Roger Waters, us and them 2018 absolutely fucking unbelievable i mean just the, the the visual aspect of the show alone where the 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 um there was like a i'll say a wall but it was a video wall uh that looked like the animals album cover that divided the crowd and they showed stuff on it and you know on both sides and the quadraphonic sound in there it's probably atmos sound but like it, it was just unbelievable he played almost all the dark side of the moon a few songs off animals a few songs off the wall like it, it was i i can't even put it into words it is one of the concert blu-rays where it, it it captures the show very well there's a blu-ray of us and them i'd recommend if you haven't seen it see it because it's it's hair raising so is it good. atmos is it, it an is. Atmos disc? it is okay it is um and yeah, just that that show it just kept getting better and better and better as as the night went on. And the moment I'll never forget is they were playing Brain Damage, and when it went into Eclipse, like as soon as they hit that drop in Eclipse, all the lights in the arena went out, and just the prism with the rainbow illuminated over the over the crowd, and that was all you could see in the whole place while they while they played Eclipse. And uh, when they finished that, it was like the last song of the set. I think the encore was comfortably numb. But Roger was going to address the crowd, and it was the the loudest I've ever heard a crowd roar. Like, everybody was just so unbelievably satisfied. I get chills thinking about it right now. It was it, it, it was just one of those moments where I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget this. This is, this is that good. Well, you were able to take a picture. <laughs> uh, I I can't I don't think I did because I usually don't do that at a show anyways. But he's pretty strict about that anyways. Yeah. Uh, my number one, and this was kind of surprising again, or at least I think it's a little surprising, but not all at the same time because again, it was it was a big emotional event. But like we were talking about before, you talk about vibe and energy. This was the the most symbiotic energy I've ever felt between a band and an audience ever. And I mean ever. And that was when the Foo Fighters reopened Madison Square Garden in 2021. Because it was like this great big exhale. You know, yeah. we'd all been holed up for, you know, whatever, 18 months at that point or whatever, you know, 16 months. You know, COVID did a number on a lot of people, especially mentally. You know, and, and it still is. Yeah. We you thought know. we would never see, have those moments again. Yeah. It, it's, you know, we, 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 when we were all at this show, and I say we, I mean like 17,000, 18,000 people, like they just kept adding more seats and figuring out more places to put them. Um, you know, I bought tickets the day before. Yeah. You know, um, and I got lucky. 
they're <laughs> really, really lucky to get it. Um, and just the, the energy of that show, everybody was in a good mood. Everybody was happy to see each other. Everybody was vaccinated, too. Uh-huh. So nobody felt like they were on edge, you know? Um, that was one of the things that you had to be vaccinated to go to the show. Whether or not you, you are for or not, that's not the issue. I'm not getting into that argument. You know, I had my reasons for doing it. But um, the, the, the point is, is that, like, all those people just felt like, I feel safe. I feel okay. We can relax and just enjoy this show. After being on, on, you know, pins and needles for how many months and not being able to feel like you can do anything. Yep. You know, and the Foo Fighters, I'm sorry, Foo Fighters, no, the uh, Foo Fighters, they, they just absolutely slayed it. They absolutely slayed it. It was just so good. And uh, yeah, it was, that's my number one show. Yeah. Yeah. Another amazing uh, once in a lifetime moment there. There's, I've gotten lucky with those. I've gotten lucky. So have you. So I have. There's two. In fact, there's two, there's two honorable mentions I want to mention because you were a part of them. So that's why I want to I want to talk okay. about. It. The first one is when we saw Stevie Wonder at Nam from your from your hotel balcony. Yeah, that was crazy. That was unbelievable because it was kind of rumored that that was going to happen, but nobody was for sure. Cause there's a lot of rumors that go around Nam. Yeah. Remember it was Stevie year? wonders band, let little context. So it was outside of Nam, which is the, the, the national association of music merchants usually happens in January. And there is a stage set outside so that, you know, bands play every hour, or whatever during the day, it's usually like, you know, some up and comers. And then there's usually like a headliner. It's all free. And the yep. headliner is usually like a B lister and you know, no offense to them or anything. I mean, it's cool that they just do it. But Stevie Wonder's band was supposed to play. And then he came out just and came on stage and played the whole set with them. Yeah. And <laughs> and it was fucking incredible. That yeah. was just like that was another one where you could feel the energy coming from everywhere because everybody was out on their balconies in the hotel you were yeah. in watching. And there's oh, yeah. people there's another hotel across the walkway there. Then they were all out of the, on their balconies. And then, of course, in front of the stage was packed. Yep. So, yeah, that that was that was a fantastic moment. And I'm honored to see that. And then the other one that you probably don't even remember that you were there. <laughs> but uh, when we saw Slayer at the Fillmore in 2015 and they only played shit from Seasons in the Abyss back. I was there. You were there. I was there. You were there. and that, I didn't that, remember the set list, but I was there. Yeah, that was, I mean, Slayer, one of the best live bands ever. But that show in particular was like, I mean, it was the closest somebody like me could get to seeing, like, seeing Slayer on the Seasons in the Abyss tour because they yeah, played. Yeah. It, there was nothing after that. It, that ruled. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, too. that was that was the hits tour for them, if you will, because they were they were in between albums. They were still waiting for um, the last one to come out, the very last one they did. Yeah, Repentless. Yeah, Repentless. So they were still, you know, they were still putting the finishing touches on it, but they had booked a tour, and right. they didn't want to play any in the new song. <laughs> Right. It's like, uh, okay. I think that was what, 2014? 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, yeah somewhere right around. And remember, there. we went to that store beforehand, the music store that was by my old store. That guy, oh, we yeah, were yeah, standing yeah. there blocking him from leaving because he tried to shoplift a bunch of yeah, shit. Yeah, that was, that was hysterical. <laughs> God. Oy, what we don't do in Detroit. 
Um, yes. So, uh, as far as honorable mentions for me, Radiohead live at the Universal Amphitheater back in 1998. That was the OK Computer tour. That was definitely worth seeing. Uh, and any Rush show. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Rush. Yeah, I didn't even put Rush on my list, but now that you mentioned that, absolutely. Yeah. What about, you know, it was a great one that I saw not long ago was uh, Kid Rock, Little Caesars Arena. Okay, so we're going to move on, um, and we're going to get to everybody's everybody's picks here. In fact, I just got another email as we're doing the show here, so we got a bunch to go through. Um, first off, I want to thank everybody that sent in uh, answers. Yes, now, I sent you. Nick some emails. Uh, I'm going to send you one more, all right? Okay. Um, hang on one second. Let's see. NFM. Yeah, I'm sending you one more here. Send. Great. Uh, and we have, uh, I think we've had eight responses now, which is kind of awesome. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, we're going to start off with, uh, Mr. Andrew K, uh, who lives in Florida. Uh, and he's, uh, lived most of his life in, in, in the, in New York in the New York area. Uh, and he picked his th top three concerts and the whole thing was like, not just your three concerts, but why these are your top three. So he says uh, his number three concert was Kiss, 1996 at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he hadn't seen them in the original makeup in years, had no desire to see them without makeup. Uh, and here they are, home in New York City, makeup back on. It was everything he had hoped for. That's a cool one. Fantastic. Uh, number two, the aforementioned Rush in 1980 at the Palladium in New York City. That was probably cool because that was a permanent wave store. Uh, he was 13 at the time. He was introduced to Rush with Hemispheres. 2112 and Hemispheres in their entirety. Xanadu, La Villa Strangiato, Natural Science, Nuff Said. Hell yeah. That sounds like a great, a great set list right there. And number one, in 1987, Peter Gabriel on the So Tour. Wow. So that probably had to be a really cool tour to see as well. At the Brendan Byrne Arena, which is now known as like, I think it's like the Izod Center or something like that. It's where the Devils, New, New Jersey Devils play. Devils! Devils! Uh, the sound, the crowd, the set list, the enthusiasm of every musician was absolutely, hands down, the best show I've ever seen. Thanks, Andrew, for participating. That's some really, really good concerts there, really good artists as well. And I can't say I'm not jealous. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, those are all great picks. There you go. You read one. All right. I'm going to start with our buddy, Patrick. Um, he doesn't have them ranked, so I'm just going to read it top to bottom. Uh, three of my favorite concerts were Metallica and Queensryche, uh, 1988, and Justice for All and Operation Mindcrime Tour. I saw that tour as well. That was that was really, it was not Newstead's first tour. It was his second go around because he kind of went halfway through puppets uh, on the tour. But yeah, I mean, talk about seeing two bands at their prime, you know, Operation Mindcrime and Injustice for All, yes. all in one night. It was that was an intense show. And I have to imagine that that uh, I know there's there's some crossover in that crowd, but there's probably a lot of separation in that crowd too. There wasn't as much, um, there wasn't as much as you might think. Okay, because you know. Queensryche, first of all, the name just sounds evil. So you're like, yeah, Queensryche. Ah. And nobody had really known who they were at that point, except for Take Hold. You know, it had yeah. been like a, a pretty fairly big song, and that was fairly heavy. Um, but then when this came out, it was, you know, kind of evil, it, you know, and, and Metallica was thinning out their sound, whereas yes. <laughs> uh, Operation Mindcrime was filling in a lot of the, you know, 
including Jeff Tate filling his bicycle shorts with his legs and his and his and his package. Yes. So uh, <laughs> the next one, uh, Pat has uh, Ted Nugent, New Year's Eve whiplash bash. 1990 he thinks he's got a question mark next to it 1990 front row at kobo hall that had to be that had to be killer and finally black crows 2021 front row at pine knob you know i'm not a big fan of the front row i know that sounds weird i think it depends on who it is and where it's a big you don't want to be in the front row at slayer that's for sure. I, I have been. I um, so have I. <laughs> you know, it's not that's that's painful. Yes. Um, but I mean, you know, if you're going to be front, like I think it there's value in being a few rows back because you can kind of see everything. It's like watching a movie and you're up against the screen. You got to do this. Um, I think that kind of takes away from it a little bit. Like you know, if people are running all around, like you you got to. It's like watching a tennis match. Yes. I'd rather sit back a little bit and like 10th row. Like 10th row is like really good um, because you can kind of see everything going on. I agree. Um, but I'm sure it didn't suck. No, it couldn't have. <laughs> couldn't have. All right. Uh, here's another one. This one is from Roe, who was on our Kiss, uh, Kiss Roundtable episode. Uh, thank you, Roe, for submitting this. He wrote... My God, he wrote a tome. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go through a little bit of this uh, faster than what he wrote. But I mean, like he wrote like a paragraph. Uh, I'm sorry, he wrote like a chapter for each one. <laughs> so all right, funny enough, his number three, Kiss Madison Square Garden, 1996. <laughs> Much like Andrew from earlier. That's actually hysterical. Uh, he says, I'm, I, I'm sure this is going to shock people that this is my number three show since Kiss is my favorite band, but it definitely had to make the list. I've been a Kiss fan since I was four years old when my brother bought, brought home Love Gun on vinyl and I saw Gene Simmons for the first time. Um, he's gotten to see them a bunch of times on, on, on the Revenge Tour and things of that nature and saw them play acoustic at the official Kiss convention. But he never saw them do, never saw them play with makeup, never mind with the original members. So he actually, you know, got up, like, it grows a few years younger than I am. So, I mean, 1996, he had to, like, take trains, planes, trains, and automobiles to get to New York City and make it happen. And uh, as a younger guy, it's, you know, not always the easiest thing coming from Jersey to do so. Um, and he just sort of said his mind was absolutely blown. So I it, can imagine. Yeah. Um, number two. This one was this one was interesting. Uh, Caius lives. Oh, I saw that tour. October 8th, 2011. So, uh, yeah, I saw Caius once as well. He had only seen Caius once, and that was opening for Danzig in the 90s. And he didn't pay much credence to them. And. Um, then a friend of his said, you never really heard Caius. Uh, you need to get this. And he gave him the circus comes to and the circus comes to town, um, which was their final record. 
and then he just saw that they were playing, and his mind was totally blown. He says, in his words, it was fucking magical to see a band I never thought I'd see was nothing short of fucking pure ecstasy for me. There's a lot of fucks in this. Uh, they played so many songs off the records I'd grown through love, uh, th- uh, to love through the 90s that I still play to this day on a pretty heavy rotation. And seeing Oliveri on bass, Bjork on drums, Garcia on vocals was like something out of a dream for me. I stood out in the crowd, and I could feel the tears streaming down my cheeks. And that's kind of awesome, you know, yeah. to have that, you know, to have that, uh, that feeling. Uh, and then number one for him, and this one, man, uh, I kind of wish I was him for this one. Prince at the Los Angeles Palladium oh, in 2014. Um, and he said this was easily the best show he's ever been to. He played it. Uh, he played the night before. Uh, um, he Prince played the night before, coming on stage after his protege, whoever his protege was at that point. And the next day, they announced he was playing a secret show at the Palladium. And he went there in the morning of the show, was one of the first people in line, and bought the tickets for a hundred bucks each. And that was it. And he's like, you know, there were maybe a thousand people there at a place that holds four thousand people. Wow. And yeah, they 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 limited tickets for a lot of those shows. And they were up front watching him from like five feet away. Yeah, that's that's yeah, kind of awesome. That's um, amazing. We, he writes, weird fact. This was the same day the Malaysian airplane went missing. <laughs> All right. And he actually wrote, oh, my God. He wrote down. Let's see. He left the show at 3 a.m. The show just went on for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I could see, like, I'm looking at the set list. There's a set list which has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 songs ending with Purple Rain. Encore 1 has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 songs. Encore 2 has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 songs. That one ended with The Glamorous Life by Sheila E. Encore 3, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 songs. And then Encore 4 <laughs> has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 songs. Prince was like, watch this. Yeah, like, <laughs> let me just play my entire back catalog. What is he, Man of War? Uh, you know who's playing with Man of War, right? Like on their tour this year? Yeah, Michelangelo. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that Prince looks like he played like almost fifty songs that night. That's incredible. About fifty songs. Holy crap! I would have that's loved to nuts. Seen that. That's that's really cool. That's intense. Thanks for that, Ro. Really appreciate you sending that in. Yeah, I appreciate you rubbing that in, Ro. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Sherry, our friend Sherry Claire. Hi, Sherry. Um, she's got, I'll go and she she did rank them. So number three, Elvis Costello, Fox Theater, August 16th, 1996. I was a big fan and I've seen Elvis Costello a lot, but this is my favorite because I was super into all this useless beauty album that he was promoting. I just saw Elvis uh, Costello a couple months ago I've seen him a few times. He's always great, but um, we were talking earlier about poor sound and it not being mm. the artist's fault. This was a 
it was a this was a perfect example of that because Elvis and the band sounded great and there was this weird like uh, phasing thing with the speakers going on ah. everything sounded like it was on a delay it was like ah. it was super weird yeah so um yeah Elvis Costello great number two kiss Tiger Stadium June 28th 1996 that's of course the uh the first reunion show the first official reunion show Sherry says my first kiss concert the spectacle of it blew me away plus I was enormous Allison Chains fan and sponge homeboy sponge opened as well uh wow everybody in Detroit would put that on their list if they were there I've I've heard so many stories about being there that night and the 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 uh magic in the air and everything i wish i could have seen it i saw him later that year um on the reunion tour i was five that should have probably been my number one now that i'm thinking about it um <laughs> sherry's number one paul mccartney palace of auburn hills february 1st 1990 why because i'm a lifelong beatles fan which is the only reason you actually need yes exactly indeed great thank you for that sherry uh, we're going to go, let's see, what do I got? I got Tara from Florida and Tara said, you're going to laugh at my picks. And I said, well, you have to send them in in order for me to do that. <laughs> and now she sent them, them in and here I go. <laughs> but I actually don't mean it because they're actually three pretty good picks. Um, Number three, she did rank these. Uh, number three, and this one was from this year, Skinny Puppy, first leg of their final tour in Tampa 2023. Did the VIP experience, and it was so much fun. We, we had a chance to talk to Kevin, Ogre, Matthew, and Josh for about five minutes, then took a group photo, and I swear each photo I've seen, the guys were doing different poses. Also, the sound person, the sound was incredible. Uh, Skinny Puppy's been around like 40 years, and you can genuinely tell they love their fans. The stage shows for Skinny Puppy are also amazing and different themes all around an amazing experience. Have you ever seen Skinny Puppy? No. Moving on, then. Because <laughs> neither have I. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, Lights, Lights in the Sky Tour, 2008, Great, Portland, Oregon. I saw that tour, too. Amazing. The best visuals I've ever seen at a show. Uh, not only that, the sound was incredible for a stadium show. And this was also tied with three nights in a row on Nine Inch Nails in Tokyo 2014, where each night was a different set. That's pretty cool, too. I've seen Nine Inch Nails, and they just... it it. The last time I saw them was when um, Hesitation Marks came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was 2014. And uh, it was really a stripped-down stage set. I saw that um, show too. Yep. What it was was an epileptic's nightmare because <laughs> the amount of strobes that were happening, like there, there needed to be like a disclaimer before you walked in, being like, "Please, no, there's going to be not not a couple, but a shit ton of flashing lights." Yes. Uh, just you know, just hold on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nine Snails puts on a great show. And number one, her number one, Pink Floyd, the Division Bell tour in 1994 in Cleveland. I mean, what can I say? But it's freaking Pink Floyd. The most iconic moment was the flying pig, pink pig balloon over the stadium. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Thank you for sending that in, Tara. Just outside my top five, I had I saw Nine Inch Nails at Bonnaroo in 2009. They played at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Yep. And I saw them right after I had saw Public Enemy. 
they they went out at like midnight at one of the other stages they got done at one and i walked over and nine inch nails was going on wow yep see that would have been fun for me because i love public enemy and i love nine inch nails so that's that's pretty cool uh who else you got up next i want to pull one out of the chat here tony savona because tony's got tony's got some good stuff here um he says here uh, okay nick here we go rolling stone spartan stadium lansing 1994 that was of course the voodoo lounge tour mm-hmm. freaking epic he says uh springsteen kobo hall mid 80s and at pine knob uh in no particular order joe jackson robert palmer stevie ray vaughn all amazing and he and then he commented on your uh, rod stewart there too yeah because rod stewart puts on a great show yes or at least he did um I haven't seen him recently. <laughs> it's been 25 sure years since I'm I've sure seen Rod great. Stewart. I'm sure he probably is. Um, let's see. All right. So who else do I have? I have... Where'd it go? Jerry Laika. Jerry. Jerry. Where? Why am I only seeing one? That's not right. Hopefully he didn't pick anything from the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen. He did. Well, that's a shame. He did all of them. Um, Let's see. Where did it go? Here we go. So he ranked them in order. Uh, Number three, Jeff Beck, October 2007 at the Detroit. I know he meant Opera House, but he typed it Oprah. So that makes it probably autocorrect. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny that that no <laughs> that would be an amazing autocorrect uh but the detroit oprah house uh <laughs> religious experience is was his commentary for that however he did mention number two van halen 2004 sammy hagar tore it up no he didn't say that at all um <laughs> Uh, number two, Van Halen, July 4th, 1981 at Cobo Hall. Also better than the 1984 tour. And number one, he has Kiss January 1977, his first show. He was 11 years old. His parents took him because they loved Kiss too. That's awesome. Yeah, those 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 top two, man. Van Halen, uh, what, was that, that would have been on fair warning, right? 81? Uh, no, that may have been women and children first. Okay. May have been women and children either way, first. either way. It had to um, be insane because women and children first was what? 80. Yes. Yes. So I think fair warnings, 81. Diver down was 83 though, right? Two. Okay. I'll go with it. I guess, I guess it depends Where's on when the Jerry? album was he released. He can tell us. He can tell, yeah, us, he can if tell was, us if it was fair warning or not. See, release date, fair warning, Van Halen. Oh, come on. Yeah, I guess it was April 29th it came out. So if this was July 4th, yep. Yep, yep. Somebody say fair warning, baby. Shoot that poor boy down. <laughs> cool. Uh, who you got next? Hang on, do I got any left? Yeah, I got, I got two. I got two left. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nicole, you got one more than me now. <laughs> Nicole from uh, Portland, Oregon. So this must be one of your people, Mike. It is. 
Yeah. Uh, number three, Journey. They put on a pretty amazing show. I low-key think the current lead singer is better than Steve Perry. Now, that's something to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, bold. Bold statements. He is great. He is absolutely great. Oh, yeah. Number two, Scars on 45. I've seen them play three times in Portland, and every time they play, it's amazing. At one of their shows, I was in front of the stage. Danny, the lead singer, took my phone and sang to the camera. I also got a set list from the show. And then after the show, Nova, the drummer, told me he liked my glasses. So, of course, I meowed at him, and he meowed back. Oh, I skipped over that she was wearing cat eye glasses. Yeah, that definitely puts things sorry. in perspective. I was reading yeah. too fast. Sorry, sorry. She then, randomly meows at people and, you know. There you go. Number one, Stevie Nicks. She is a legend, and she puts on a fantastic show. There you go. Uh, I don't have any more. I'm out. You have one more. I have one more? Yeah, because you, you, you added Tony in there. Yes, yes. Um, your friend, Steph. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, oh, and at the bottom, she put, take care, guys. Love the show. So that's that goes against the persona she has in the chat. <laughs> um, these guys are in town here in Detroit tonight. Fishbone, uh, she said, "Holy shit, the, those guys are ruthless on stage. Great show, but wow, fuck, I really enjoyed seeing them." Fishbone is playing at the Magic Stick tonight. All right, I'm, you, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm sure it's halfway over. Could be. Uh, our mutual friend Ken Haas of Reverend Guitars is opening the show with his oh, band. Cool. Yep. Um, next one for Steph: Suicidal Tendencies. Mike doesn't disappoint. Excellent fan involvement on and off stage. Mega huge mosh pits, and at the end of the show, he always allows a shit ton of fans on stage. Great fucking times. I saw Suicidal once when they had Eric Moore drumming, and it was amazing. I saw a Suicidal open for. You want to talk about a weird combination, 91 Operation Live Crime Tour for Queensryche with Suicidal Tendencies opening. <laughs> what? Who that let was the, that happen? That was the Send Me Your Money era. That was I, when they were, they were huge on MTV. You know, You Can't Bring Me Down, Send Me Your Money. Like, all that was on MTV heavy rotation at that point. So it, uh, it was, I still feel it was a weird combination of bands. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 a really insane pairing. The only yeah. pairing I've heard, my dad said he saw uh, Lover Boy thirty eight special and Iron Maiden on a bill together. What? Yeah. So, wow. That I don't know if that tops it, but it's on the same level. Wow. And uh, number one for Steph, she says Pantera reinventing the Steel Tour. Except for except when Phil rambled most of the night in between sets. Shut your mouth, Phil. <laughs> Dimebag was great through the crowd drinks and picks and his brother's drumsticks. Great crowd interaction from Dime. That time they re-recorded for their show, I think it was their reality show back then called Homebrewed 3. I don't recall, but would love to see it. They never released that tape. All right. That's what Steph. I've heard a ton of people put Pantera in their top three. Pantera. Well, I've seen Pantera so many times throughout the years, and every show was exhausting. Like I didn't get into a mosh pit 
just watching everybody in the mosh pit made me tired. Like <laughs> the, 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 um, you want to talk about energy, man, but those kind of shows sometimes could the energy. It's like watching Slayer. Like there's energy, but like, could that go too far? Like how many Slayer shows have you seen people get carried out of a pit because they yes. were knocked unconscious or their nose was broken or what have you? Yes. Yeah. You, know, you don't see that at Paul McCartney all too often. No, almost never. So, you know, sometimes that energy kind of goes over the top. Yep. And somebody gets hurt. I got hurt at a Slayer show, but afterwards I slipped on ice <laughs> and I landed on my back and I fractured I, I thought you were going to say you got hurt after because you drank too much Jägermeister. Oh, I can't even tell you how many times that <laughs> happened. If you want to talk about alcohol, alcohol uh, uh, effects as an injury, then I should be in a coma forever <laughs> after, with the amount of times I've gotten drunk at Slayer shows. Yes. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I think probably 40 percent of my alcohol consumption happened in my life probably uh, happened at Slayer shows. Yes. That show I referenced earlier that you and I were at was a was a tie one on evening. Yeah, I saw him like the day before in Chicago too, or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. yeah so all right. So what's the worst show you've ever seen? God. Stone Temple Pilots at Jones Beach Theater in New York it was around like 2011 or something like that. I and saw him around then. It it was less because it wasn't necessarily their fault. Um, the seats were so far away; they looked like they were ants on oh, stage. Okay. Um, and being in an amphitheater that high up, there's higher wind, so it blows the sound around. You know that sound when you go to an amphitheater; it kind of gets washy because of you know wind currents or what have yes. you. That played a part. And frankly, the, it looked like they were kind of the energy was like in the first five rows. So it didn't look like they were playing beyond that, you know, like bands sometimes don't play beyond that. And they were one of them. And it was disappointing because it was the, the one and only time I've actually seen Stone Temple Pilots. Um, that was that was it's I'm sure I've seen worse shows, but that has to be the most disappointing Mm -hmm. I, I guess maybe that's a better term. I've seen bands that just did not have it, you know, like you just tell like they were just off and didn't care. Yep. But this show was disappointing because I had expected more. OK, um, you know, so, yeah, I guess that would probably be you know my worst show for those reasons. What about you? I'm trying to decide, like I said at the top of this, the show I saw last week. I'm not a huge fan, but I did expect more from it. And it was just, there was no vibe. It didn't sound good. It just was all around bad. And I was really shocked by this. It was extreme. And it was extremely bad. So what was bad about it? Okay, so first of all, obviously Nuno Betancourt, amazing guitarist. No Phenomenal. doubt, no doubt about it. Yep. I don't know if it was the venue um, or it was just his tone, but there was so much bass in the tone of it from his guitar amp that it kept, like, doing this low-frequency hum. Like a woofy kind of thing? Yeah, like a, you know, every time he would go for something, like go for a uh. solo or whatever, it just kept, like, it was almost like a feedback thing. And the, it was real, it was, like, real quiet, 
and the crowd was into it so it wasn't that i don't know i can't put my finger on it but it just wasn't good like that's the only way i can describe it i didn't go like god those guys are terrible musicians or anything like that you obviously could never say that but like it just wasn't good Eesh. well i that then i guess i won't see them when they come around here if it was that bad you know it um, it it really it it really wasn't good. And then Gall McCartney just reminded me, which Mike, you're going to be shocked by this. One of the times I saw the Foo Fighters at LCA, it was it was when they were doing Concrete and Gold, mm. and the first third of that show was songs from that record, and it like it didn't get going. There was like there was no momentum happening, which compared to when I had seen them previously, it was when Dave was in the chair, and they like they, but like right off the bat, it was like they opened with Everlong, into Learn to Fly, into Monkey Wrench, like you know you, you're you're talking about coming out swinging, and yeah, then yeah, the next yeah. time I see him, it was like, and I liked that record, but you know how it goes. I mean, you've seen a million shows and and all that. When the band is like, hey here's our new record yeah and like shoving it down your throat yeah, yeah it's like hey man can i don't mind hearing the new stuff i'm not somebody that bitches about having to hear anything new but like intersperse some classics in there to keep everybody into it you know yeah. and and that just didn't happen and it was like whoa what, what i'm kind of i'm kind of disappointed jerks yeah what were they thinking you know no, dave I'm... Grohl ought to call me next time he wants to write a set list <laughs> Oh, look, they can't all be zingers. We know that the Foo Fighters, you know, like everybody's entitled to an off night, right? Yep. You just hope it's not the night you see them. Yep. You know, um, but then there's, you know, also nights that like, well, maybe you just didn't like the set list. But then there's nights that you could tell nobody liked the set list. This was one of those nights. Yeah. There was not a lot of vibe in a, in a, in a full sold out arena. Like yeah. everybody was feeling that way, you know? Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, not when I saw them. right (laughs) they wow you know and i saw just just such an amazing show so so emotional um cool well that's all for that we do have our last two segments oh yes yes, we do yes unless anybody has anything else to add you can put it in the comments please uh did i mention that we should subscribe if you haven't done so already subscribe subscribe like hit the bell all that stuff give us a hundred dollars a month on patreon um, I'm not going to do a Patreon for a hundred dollars a month. I'm kidding about that. But if you want to give us a hundred dollars a month, you can, um, but you don't have to, unless you want to, um, I don't even have a Patreon. I can't even say where to go for that, but, <laughs> but Nick's only fans will be coming soon yes, where he dances naked while listening to Steve Miller, not Steve Miller, something else, obviously, but not Steve Miller. Wait, uh, you sent me a photo. Yeah. You need to take a look at that. I need to take a look at this. Okay. This is happening I, I in real time. In real time. This media is no longer available. What? That's what it says. No, it doesn't. Oh, wait. There we go. Are you kidding me? I'm. Should I? Can I read this out loud? I'm not. You can because this, this just came across and this is the type of stuff that, that we're being sent. Okay. So this is going back to Alice Cooper. Is that is that what I'm getting? Yes. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm 68, live at five in Farmington, and listen to him for 50 years, and you're going to charge me to come and say hi? 
Alice, come on. Rock City, come on. I shop at Stan's Market right next door. Tell him to meet me in the produce department to say hi before he checks in. He could always stop by my house for a cocktail. And he sent kisses. Oh, she. It's a Dawn LaBella. It's a Dawn. It's a person. Sorry. We said her full name. Um, <laughs> well, listen, people. Um, it's not how this works. This, this is got, that's got that might take the cake on this one, honestly. I mean, like I've been listening in fifty years. He should say hi to me. Like people, this is what they do for a living, right? You know, they're not charging you to say hi. You're buying a record. You know, you're walking yes. away with things. Yes. You know, you're not you're not just going. All right, um, let's pass by the giraffe exhibit. And behind the glass, wave to Alice Giraffe, say hello, and there's your 50 bucks. Thank yep. you. Thank you. It's not like that. You get to say hello. He will autograph your shiz. You walk away with music. And if it didn't matter, if that doesn't work for you, don't go. Yep. Sorry. Wait. I'm sorry. Hang on one second, Nick. Is it sold out? Yep. So... Yeah, kind of. I hate matter. to I hate to be that way, but I mean, there's just so many people that like don't understand, like only to say how. What do you want to do? Play Pacino with him? Like, what do, <laughs> what do you want to do? Right. <laughs> hey, the, Alice, let's let's make uh, a cake. Yeah, what's, what's the experience <laughs> you're looking for? I mean, look, how much is how much was it? Uh, forty five bucks for the LP, the two LP that comes with a DVD, mm -hmm. or twenty five for the CD and the Blu Ray. All right, great. So basically, you're not paying a premium per se to get all this. You're paying for tag the record. Price. You're paying, you're paying tag, tag price. price for everything. It's not like you're going to see Kiss, where it's four thousand dollars. <laughs> you get to high five them and then pay for your picture later. You know, give me a and break. Buy a ticket and you know, buy a ticket and the, buy a ticket on meet, top of it. The meet the, and greet it doesn't come with a ticket. No, it doesn't come with a ticket, which is so great. It's and so that's so Gene. That's so Gene. You know, uh, it's so Kiss in general. But at the same time, Alice Cooper's been around longer than Kiss. And if you've been listening to 50 years, be happy you only got to spend 45 bucks or 25 bucks to come say hi. And get an autograph. If he cared about you that much, lady, he'd be buying produce with you at Stan's Market or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> that one might take the cake for... for things i've been sent on this event the experience i would like is to go go rafting with alice cooper for my money <laughs> he's gotta wear the makeup too i yeah i mean look if it was golfing i'm sure alice would be all in yes because uh, dude's a scratch golfer which is hey, nuts why do you think the event's happening in the afternoon he's probably Al playing during during the morning yep, he's getting it, his round yeah. in i'm sure of it um it. yeah he probably will probably come in and is like you know vest you know, I don't think he'll come in in his little vest. fun hat, you know, <laughs> with a visor. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, what do we want to do? I, I was I was hoping to learn origami with Alice <laughs> from my money. That would be that. Would, can we can we go for origami lessons? Uh, what do you mean? We can't. You can only say hi. I can't get a couple's massage with Alice Cooper. Oh, so good. Like, what do you want him to do? <laughs> yep. 
What's you up, mean he's baby? not going to do like not going to do a soft shoe dance for us? Right. Anyway, I might be getting riled up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have our remaining segments discovered, and this song sucks. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I, we the discovered is the first part where we talk about uh, uh, we we discuss a cover song that we like as much, if not more, than the original. I think last time you went first. I think I'll go first this time. You first, um, yeah. And uh, for me, and this is this is a good one. Walk this way, Run DMC. I, I really, it. really, really. I mean, look, the the original Walk This Way by Aerosmith is great. The fact that Aerosmith and Run DMC did it and did this whole modern spin in the '80s. I mean, they're almost singularly responsible for Aerosmith coming back as much as they did. Yes, you know. So, uh, and now everybody's probably regretting that a little bit. <laughs> but hey, they're on their final tour. Supposedly, maybe, maybe. Um, but so does that mean we can blame Run DMC for the Nine Lives record? I think so. <laughs> They're responsible for that, and and get a grip as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, get, get a, a grip's grip. pretty good too. No, it's um, not. <laughs> you didn't like Jaded? Uh, that's on Just Push Play. Is it? Yeah, Get a Grip is like the one with. Uh, living on the edge and oh, eat the rich yeah. you're right sorry my bad you know what it is i always associate that album though with and i thought jaded was on there too but uh i i associate the get a grip album with the aerosmith pinball game because like all those songs were on the background tracks for the for their pinball game at that time uh-huh. i thought jaded was on there too i guess i'm wrong Jaden not I'm big, just push play. That's uh, in my the top fact that five you know the, the fact that you know it makes me sad. Top five Aerosmith songs. There you go. Is it really? Is Jaden in your top five I, Aerosmith? Fuck yeah, it is. I love that song. Oh, okay. I thought you were being facetious. No, I love it. Okay, fair enough. That's why you know. Sad. Anyways, run DMC walk this way. Yes. Yeah, run DMC Good walk one. this way. I like that one. I like that song. Well, I picked this one because I knew you were never going to pick it, and that is Bruce Springsteen doing Trapped. You know, I would never pick that one. I don't even know what Trapped is. It's a song by Jimmy Cliff um, from the movie uh, The Harder They Come, The Harder They Fall, Uh, but completely different versions, obviously, like... Um, sort of like what Manfred Mann did with Bruce's song Blinded by the Light. It's, it's, they're nowhere near the same track. Okay. You know, I've never heard it. Well, you've never heard either one, right? No. You haven't heard Trapped by Jimmy Cliff and you haven't heard Trapped by Bruce Springsteen. I don't think so. Well, I'll send them to you and you can check it out. Okay. That's fair enough. I did send you It's About Time by Van Halen. You're, yeah, you did. And I did not put it on. Okay. I I forgot. Never listened to it. So. I forgot. What about the Viagra Boys? <laughs> They're your favorite. You know, you really hurt Merrick's feelings about that. Well, I don't care. <laughs> He's Can like, well, t- what's this guy's problem, man, with the Viagra Boys? Uh, the problem is the Viagra Boys. He's, he, he said they're the, the, the best concert he's ever seen. That is awful. What has he seen? One other concert? It was Sesame Street Live? <laughs> 
I think he's been to about six shows that I can think of. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, all of them, <laughs> I think just people just defecated on themselves at the other five, and therefore, by default, the Viagra Boys was the best show. God. There's no accounting for taste. Um, all right, great. Well, now you know what that means. It's time. It is Four. time. It is time for this song. Sucks. Fantastic, because that is the best example of a song that sucks. What do you mean, not, not, not this? No, not that one. so good i i think my new favorite one's the melon camp one all right well i'll play it again all 15 seconds of it <laughs> just just the guitar tone in that alone drives me insane it's a telecaster. Oh, no, you don't say. Thanks for telling me. I couldn't tell. I oh couldn't tell. Oh, my God. Ah, I see what you did there. Listen, just for the record, I don't hate the authority song. You don't? I'm just, no. I actually like the authority song. I, I don't hate it either. I despise it. Yeah, I know. You just take it next level. All right, here's the real intro. And to answer your question, nobody's alive in here. Okay. No one? Hello? <laughs> and we got people watching, though. People are watching. They're just not participating anymore. They've had it. They've had it. Yeah, I think they've, they've had, had it. it with, they, they, they heard the authority song, and that's it. There you go. All right. So this song sucks. Not all of them can be zingers. Uh, great band. Shitty song. Nick, what do you got for this one? Great band, shitty song. My pick this week, The Clash, Rock the Casbah. Really? Not a fan. Why? Why is it a shitty song? Why does the song suck? Well, one, it doesn't sound like The Clash. Okay. What I, it doesn't sound like what I love about The Clash. Okay. Um, I hate the production of that, of that recording. Okay. And, and... and. And and the music video is one of the worst videos of all time. It's a hysterical video. It's dumb. It was in the like the birth of MTV. That's the, that doesn't make it okay. It's still sure bad. It does. Nobody knew how to make them, and I think it's hysterical. It's very it's very Monty Python. They're British, right? It's very Monty Python. It's not funny. So, oh my god! You gonna tell me Monty Python's not funny? No, it's not funny at all. Monty Python is not funny. No. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Not funny. Life of Brian. Not funny. Meaning of life. Wait. Meaning of life. Not funny. I haven't seen Life of Brian. 
All right, you just lost a lot of points with a lot of people. So I just don't even know what to do with you with this. Somebody the other day posted on Facebook and they said, if Monty Python's so funny, why are the most unfunny people always quoting it? I agree. I quote it constantly. Well, you're funny. You're the exception to the rule. You know who oh, else quotes? Oh, oh. You know who else quotes it constantly? Gall McCartney. So you're in that camp. Look, just because you got one thing right doesn't mean that the rest of it's not wrong. <laughs> What's your pick for this song? Sucks. Shandy by Kiss. Oh no, boo! Yes, boo. Boo. Shandy that's a great song. By Kiss. No, that's it's not. Great, it's barely a Kiss song. Great song. It's big in Australia. <laughs> yeah, and Paul always has to say that. You know, this this is a big one in Australia. I don't even know how to pronounce Shandy. I thought it was Gary Shandy from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> what do you not like about Shandy? Um, the song. It's great. It's not great. That song's annoying, and it's Shandy. It is so not Kiss on every level. That is You're, like the furthest thing from a Kiss song possible besides maybe I Was Made For Loving You. Don't I disagree. shake your head. You I can disagree. disagree all you want. You hate Rock the Casbah, so you're, again, your taste is squarely in your mouth. You got your priorities all messed up, buddy. And you don't like Monty Python either. Are you seeing any comments on your side? No, Mike? I'm seeing no comments. Okay, at all. I think somehow our thing got messed up because Gall McCartney's saying he commented like ten things, and we're not seeing any of it. We're not. Well, we're pretty much done anyway. He's probably so. commenting on the wrong video. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's true. Um, well, actually, wait. You know what? Let's let's see if there's. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it, yeah, it's... he says other people are commenting too, and you guys aren't seeing it. Yeah, we're not. I guess everything kind of froze. But how do we but, fix that? Uh, I, I, we can't. Here, let me leave the studio and come back in and see if That's it's not going to help. Look, let we're done see. with the show anyway. Well, <laughs> people people are participating. We need to we need to look at and see what they're saying. I'm looking and seeing what they're saying. Oh. Let's see. Uh, people were just saying how awesome I am, how not great you are. I don't think that that happened. Uh, people were saying how much uh, that's so bad. I hate Monty Python now. That was Gall McCartney. Um, and then somebody is, uh, then a whole bunch of people are quoting uh, 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 Monty Python. And then everybody left after Mellencamp came on. <laughs> Well, I can't fault him for that. That's yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, oh, now I'll, I see. Now, yeah, now I see all the. Yeah, I, my favorite one that I saw is, is Pat Middlestat saying, "Get a grip." Was all right. Oh boy! All right. Well, we're done. Oh uh, my god, we missed a ton of stuff, man. Yeah, we did. I don't know how that happened. Sorry to everyone. Yeah, next time, if you don't see us answering your comments, you need to say something so we can get back to them faster. Gall McCartney also said Jaded is Aerosmith's best song. Oh, uh, well, I'm not upset I didn't see that. Let's see. Also, the video is stupid. Oh, for the for the Authority song. 
Yeah, all right. <laughs> I like how you pointed out that it was a Telecaster. Well, it's, it's a Telecaster. Because yeah, you're, you're, like, commenting on the, the guitar tone. Like, Helen Keller could have figured out that was a Telecaster. Hey, she couldn't speak or hear or talk. Right, but, but she would know that that's a telly because of how much of a, of a telly that sounds like. That wow. is the definition of a she telly. She couldn't hear. Hey. What's she up? couldn't hear. What, what, what's happening, ba baby? You know. All right, let's wrap it. Yes, let's wrap it up. Wrap. 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 Fuck you! All right, everybody, we're we're, uh, we're 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 done. Um, thank you for putting up with us. Uh, and uh, I'm Mike. That's Nick. Nick, what store do you own? Rock City Music Company. And where are you located? Five Mile in Farmington in Livonia, Michigan. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media platforms. And what's your favorite Monty Python movie? None, because they're all bad. Fucking dick. Just so wrong. I hate you. Um, all right. I well, I don't know when we're going to be on next. We'll, we'll figure it out. And we'll let everybody know. I think every two weeks is not bad, though. Every week is kind of tough. It's hard. Uh, yeah. Every every two weeks might work out well. We'll see. If we don't see you next week, we'll see you the week after. But if not, we won't see you again because you're going to leave us and never come back. Well, we'll have a guest, though, on the next one. We will? A mutual friend. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, I forgot. And there's your hint, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, and thank you from all of us here at Cover to Covered. All of us. All two of us. All two, and Roger. <laughs>